After studying the healthcare industry from the inside out for over 25 years, our next guest was inspired to create a company that would bring together other leaders who have a passion for succeeding, learning, and delivering improved access and value of the healthcare dollar. Mike Waterbury, CEO of Goodroot, joins us to discuss how he and his team are developing a community of businesses to improve the current state of the healthcare industry and reform and replace inefficiencies that hold the industry back. In addition, Mike shares his vision in creating a solution for better health plans to reduce the burden of medical debt for patients across the nation. Join us for this inspiring conversation as Mike shares how he's bringing passionate leaders together to reinvent healthcare one system at a time. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Mike, a big, big welcome to our podcast. I'm excited to spend some time with you today. Thank you, Mike. I can't. I'm really excited about it as well. Well, because of your 20 plus years of studying the healthcare system from the inside out and gathering a team committed to cutting through the industry's complexities in order to improve access and value of the healthcare dollar, I am fired up for this important conversation. But before we dive in, Mike, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Mike, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Goodroot team are developing and leveraging businesses that not only improve the current state of healthcare delivery, but that also reform or replace the most critical parts of the system that are no longer working and reinventing healthcare one system at a time. But before we dive into all of that, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? If you have an idea or you know something that's not working, do something about it. And if you're afraid or you're not sure how to do it, find someone to help you. Because the legacy of healthcare in this country for our families and our friends and our kids, there's nothing more important you can do with your time. So if you have an idea, do something about it. I love it. And from that, Mike, you know, I know you've been in, we're going to talk a lot about it today, your storied history in healthcare. I've been here for a number of years as well. I personally think, you know, amidst this great chaos, Amidst this great turmoil that we're experiencing in the healthcare industry, which has only been further exacerbated because of COVID-19, I actually look at it through a positive lens. There's a great amount of opportunity to reinvent and reimagine this industry that touches every single one of us. I think you're spot on, Mike. There is no better time than now. If you have an idea to improve the system, go get it. Absolutely, Mike. Have you noticed that over time as well that I just feel that the barriers of entry to try new things, to implement new technologies, to change models, I just see the barrier has been lowered so much compared to the past. Are you seeing the same thing? I am. I mean, you, the voices are being heard. There's a lot of community out there that's sharing these concerns around an unsustainable model. And with 
technology where it is, ideas can come to life very quickly. The key then is to back them up and make them really do something. That, that could be sometimes a little more tricky, but I'm very excited as well. Every day I see someone else jumping into the fray saying, we need to do something about this now. And a lot of good ideas are popping up. And then once they start, you know, they get modified and people add to it. And it's, it's a very exciting time. And like you said, with COVID right now and some of our concerns, I mean, affordable, equal access to healthcare. I don't know if there's anything more important in our country to be talking about. And it crosses all beliefs and political views and everything else. And it is the right time. And we feel like we're in a great position at Goodroot to take a leadership role and help people bring these ideas to life and impact real change in healthcare. Well, that's why we have you on today, Mike. We have a lot to discuss, a lot to unpack, all the great things happening with you and the Goodroot team. We're going to cover all of that after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Mike Waterbury, CEO of Goodroot. Mike, thank you so much again for joining up today. I know you guys are doing a lot over there. You're already making some huge strides heading into 2022. Here we are. Happy New Year to you, my friend. We have so much to discuss, so many things to unpack with what you guys at the team and Goodroot have been up to. Can't wait for our community to learn more about it. But of course, first, Mike, let's go back and rewind the clock. How this come to be in the first place? We'll talk about what Goodroot is, what you guys are up to, where things are heading, and of course, how we can be helping you out. But we got to know first, how did this come into view in the first place? What were those aha moments? How was Goodroot founded in the first place? It's a great question. Mike, when I first started my career, like a lot of people, I, I got a job in healthcare. Managed care was a new thing. It was interesting. I was excited about it. But I kind of found myself searching for that reason why, like, what is the purpose of doing this? And I sort of aspirationally was, that was important to me. And at the time, I could really hang my hat on, well, if I do a good job, and whatever my job is, I can make healthcare more affordable for more people. That's our job. But over time, I started to see that maybe all those incentives weren't aligned and things I was doing wasn't actually having that effect. And there was one moment in particular for me, I worked at Oxford Health Plans, which later was acquired by United Healthcare, and I had all kinds of jobs and I learned about how the system worked and I worked really hard to figure it out. But I was in charge of negotiating contracts with physicians and hospitals in New York, which everyone's, you know, we say in New York, you can do it here, you can do it anywhere, right? But there's some tough negotiators in New York, like there are all over the country, but it it was a tough job for sure. And so it was early 2000 and we were starting to look at specialty drugs and drugs that were being paid on the medical benefit to 
oncologists and rheumatologists, and they were mostly chemotherapy medications. And we were looking at this trend and it was growing like crazy. And we we're like, what are we going to do about this? So long story short, we modified how we were paying for those drugs to pay a cost plus model, which is now how Medicare pays. But we were five, six years ahead of the curve. And it was significantly reducing what we were paying oncologists for medications, but seemingly still covered their costs and they made some money and seemed to be fair. So I spent about a week at the LaGuardia Marriott meeting with every oncologist in the state of downstate New York. And it was tough. I mean, you had these people that were treat these doctors that were treating a very terrible disease and condition, cancer, and they were very upset at me. And it was just very eye-opening to me in terms of the business to business and money aspect of this business and how money was right in front of the patient position relationship. And it was difficult for me because I was like, I'm not sure I really want to do this. Like these people are caring for cancer patients. They don't like me right now. And I'm not sure I'm achieving the desired outcome of having improving quality care because these people are just angry at me. And it kind of really opened my eyes to like, this system is broken. I mean, there was a term that we, that people used pouring chemo into the casket where people like, you know, gave an extra dose the last week of someone's care, maybe to make money, maybe not. And I just, it was very challenging. I think from that moment on, I got a little lost for a while and I just wanted to get ahead and make money and take care of my family. And then I came to this realization about six years ago that it was time. I needed to get more out of my professional life, which led to my personal life and who I was as a person and do something that mattered, that had some legacy that was meaningful other than just providing for my family. And so we set out at that point on my own to start doing the things I I knew needed to be done. Wow, it's powerful. And I appreciate the candor and I appreciate the, you know, the honesty because a lot of us, we initially came into the industry having these altruistic visions of I'm going to make it better. And then of course, we have a family to take care of. You got to support you and the family and sometimes takes over. But to be able to pull yourself back out of that and recenter and realign and say, you know what, I'm going to go build something that we can do good and do well, right? There's nothing wrong with doing both. No. And I think, Mike, a lot of times in this industry with physicians who we all, all rightfully so hold at a certain regard, it's hard from a business perspective to get to a point where you realize it's just not working, even though a lot of people are doing great things for patients and otherwise, and that you have to be willing to put yourself out there and challenge that. And then, you know, we're sort of in this country, we hold doctors a certain esteem, rightfully so. So it's another layer of complexity where you have to rise above that and say, hey, this is important too. We need to do something about this. Otherwise, we can't afford what you're doing. I love it. I love it. And before I ask you and for you to share with the community, what is Good Root? What are you guys up to? So I'm going to ask you for that elevator pitch in just a moment, which I know you've given a ton of times. It's an <laughs> exciting one, but I, I have to ask because that's always fascinating to me because it's amazing where in points of life where people jump off the entrepreneurial cliff and for whatever reasons those might be. Did you have it on your roadmap that one day, hey, I'm going to build my own companies or was it because you got to that point like, I can't do this anymore. I need to take a new path or did you have it on the roadmap? I always wanted to do it. And like a lot of people, you know, things were holding me back. And Mike, to be honest, I mean, the best thing that ever happened to me, and there was a whole reason why, but somebody for the first time in my career, because I was hardworking and successful, but in the first time in my career, mostly because of the deal sort of gone strange, but I got fired and it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It was hard. It was emotional. I struggled like everybody else. And it was like, wait a second, I'm working hard. I'm a good person. I'm smart. 
there's something wrong here. I need to change courses and change paths. And it was a blessing in disguise. And sometimes I say to people, somebody needs to fire you, you know, because you're just not going to do it on your own until you're forced to that moment to say, what caused that to happen? And what do I want to do to be happy and successful and have an impact? Wow. Thank you for that. That's a great point. Sometimes you need that kick, if you will, from somebody else to really illuminate the path of creating your own journey and amazing. So let's talk about that journey, Mike. Let's dive into it. Let's springboard into Goodroot. What's happening over there? What are you guys building? Give us that elevator pitch. What is Goodroot? So Goodroot is a community of companies that's focused on reinventing healthcare one system at a time. And it started with one company called Remedy One in 2015. Remedy One is a rebate formulary management company. Formularies and rebates are sort of critical to how drugs are priced and which drugs are covered. And it's an area, if you look at the whole system, that's really challenging and broken. There's not a lot of transparency. There's misaligned incentives. So we started off on a path to try to create a better system there. Transparent deals, cover the right drugs, pass on all the money that minus some small fee to your clients, and just reduce the cost of healthcare and make it more affordable. And so that was our first foray into And we had a lot of success because not a lot of people understand that business. And we did. And there's a lot of waste and inefficiency. So that business is still thriving today and exciting. We still got a lot of work to do to fix that area because it's an area where a lot of profit is made and there's some inefficiencies, but we have the experience to do so. And then what happened, Mike, was some people started to come to me and say, hey, I have an idea. Like, Can we do this? And a client of mine came to me with this unique pharmacy consulting idea helping brokers and employers make better decisions about their pharmacy benefits and and also a sort of a solution for health plans. And so I said, listen, come on, I'll, I'll help you. I've learned a little bit about the mistakes you can make and I'll help you with maybe a little capital, but come on, I, I love it. Great idea. That company was called Align RX. It's had a lot of success, 100% client retention, saving people 30, 40% on their pharmacy costs. And then we stepped back at that point and said, well, wait a second, we've done this twice. Like I know all those statistics, one out of 10,000 make it and it's so hard. And I was like, well, we're two for two. Why? And I started really thinking about that. And it kind of came down to three things for me, Mike, really quickly. It came down to when you start a company, sometimes you get money from the wrong place and it changes your path and you kind of back where you started from. Two, you spend so much time on things that aren't your idea taxes, legal structure, websites, data, and you're not even that good at that stuff. So you kind of mess it up and maybe you surround yourself with the wrong people. And then it's all about relationships and selling. And if you're not a good salesperson and some of those skills, your idea can only go so far. So what we said is we're going to form Goodroot to help people with those three things. You need money, we'll give it to you. We're going to have the best people in finance, legal, HR, sales and marketing to help you. So you're going to just worry about and make your idea reality. And then we're going to leverage all of our networks to help you sell. And so that was a big moment for us in sort of 2019. And then we started three companies since then. We have a company called CoEORX, which is C-O-E-O-R-X. It's a company that basically helps employers get better pharmacy benefit contracts, better ways to cover their pharmacy costs, regardless of their size, because we leverage a lot of lives and expertise to bring these sort of options to people. Otherwise, they wouldn't get as employers. And that business is the same regard, saving significant money on pharmacy costs. You can see we started in pharmacy mostly because it's where a lot of our expertise was. And then we started two businesses in 2020, which 
you know, I, I like to say during the pandemic, right, it was really exciting for me because we didn't slow down at all, you know, with a good culture, a trust and a real strong purpose, nothing really, we accelerated our growth. And so it was exciting while the world was sort of struggling, we were not, and it was a real validation for me that we were on a real path. And so we started a company called Famulous Health. Famulous is a basically a Trivago for drug pricing. I mean, today you can find lower price and lower prices for drugs even when you have insurance. A lot of times there's a lower price that's lower than your insurance price for your drug. And Famulous has a technology that automatically delivers that at the counter to the patient. You don't have to go find a coupon or talk to the pharmacist or debate things with the pharmacist, it automatically searches for the best price and delivers it at the register, which is an incredible, we think it's a starting point to pharmacy benefit management 2.0. And then we started a company called Penstock, which is a payment integrity company, which is setting out to basically put the integrity back into paying for care on the medical benefit, paying physicians and hospitals, that area. I mean, what's more fundamental than insurance than paying for the care that we need, right? And there's so many challenges with coding and policies and mistrust between providers, insurance companies that we have a team of people that have been in that industry for 20 plus years that are just want to make a change. And so we started Penstock. And so those are our companies. We're working on some new ideas. I spend a lot of my time thinking and working on medical debt in this country. And I could talk more about that in terms of what we're looking to do in the future. But we're five for five on these ideas and we have great people. And, you know, we've really established a platform that I think can reinvent healthcare one system at a time. Well, Mike, thank you for sharing that. It's an exciting family of companies. So some questions I want to dive into the weeds just a bit here and ask about, you said it more on the front end before describing the family of companies. You talked about some of these pillars, these foundational pieces that you rinse and repeat for each new company, which I think is absolutely brilliant because I couldn't agree more with you. I'm an entrepreneur myself. I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you also have a stable of operators that are experts in those spaces that for those companies to then plug into as well? Or do you also, again, you mentioned it as well, Mike, this business is heavily relying on relationships and making sure you can build those trusted partnerships, or do you potentially reach out into the community, into the ecosystem to find those people that help operate those companies or those new ideas that you guys are kind of noodling on? It's a great question, Mike. I mean, we actively talk to people if you have an idea to come to us and we'll help you free and amplify it all the time. So we're also starting to look at companies that have good ideas that maybe haven't made it for whatever reason. So existing companies. And then we're starting to structure internally around like companies, like pharmacy companies and medical companies and consulting companies so that we do have that sort of stable of leadership that can jump in on an idea, bring it to life, then find a leader or, you know, it definitely comes to life, which is really important. Maybe you, know, you learn it in school or you think about it in corporate America is organizational structure and incentives, right? So we've really starting to work on structure where people can be supported inside like businesses, help each other, help each other bring businesses to life when they're in those sort of incubator stages. And then incentives. I mean, I think one of the things that I learned early on as well is I, you got to share in the value that's being created with everyone. I mean, that's, you know, I think in the current model, sometimes that gets a little bit mixed up as well in terms of if you're going to create this value, you should benefit substantially in it. So we have a pretty robust incentive program that gives people a platform to 
bring their dreams and their ideas to life and benefit from it. And when you do all that and you're efficient, you don't waste time, you trust each other, anything can really happen and anything's possible. I love it. And we're going to also talk about future state of where you see things heading, not only for the industry, but of course, with Goodroot Family and some of the other ideas you might be brewing right now. But I want to go back to something that I know that you're passionate about. You kind of flagged it already. And I think it's an important topic, something we can talk about here for a moment, is around this whole notion, and I love how you frame it up, that you talk about why medical debt is healthcare oppression. Obviously, you're focusing some of your energy with some of the companies around that, but let's just take the question head on. Why do you believe that? And how do we get out of that cycle? I'm glad you brought that up, Mike. I mean, it's something I think about all the time. I mean, first of all, the words we use, the lexicon in healthcare is so complicated and it's very important to break it down, right? When we say medical debt, it makes it sound like it's the patient's fault, right? They did something wrong. I think most of the time they've done nothing wrong, right? And other than access care. And I think as you think about $140 billion in debt and growing in this country, and you think about the work that's been done to get more people covered. What I see is we have let people access the system through insurance that doesn't really cover their care. The benefits aren't robust enough. The networks aren't robust enough. When they have to pay, the rates are irrational. So we're putting people into insurance or coverage and really setting them up to fail. And high deductible plans had a place early on. But I mean, when you have a deductible, it's $10,000. And the rates are not rational. It doesn't make any sense. People are like, well, I'm not going to get sick. I'm glad my generic drugs are covered. Well, that's not really realistic. And so we're very passionate about medical debt, understanding it. One of the things that led us to it, Mike, is that what's the best way to identify the issues that are causing the problem? Analyze the data at the end failure point and then work your way back. So nobody's really doing that in the country right now. So we're actively gathering data, analyzing data, and a little bit, right, hold the industry accountable. Like, listen, if the main reason is that there's a lot of -of out-of-network docs that show up when you get care in a hospital, what are we going to do about it? It's not just a health plan problem. It's a physician problem. It's a private equity problem. But we can't have people going into the hospital and getting $10,000 anesthesia bills for 15 minutes of anesthesia just because, you know, there's a deal with a private equity company. And again, it's no one's to blame here. It's a capitalist society. So we're spending a lot of time analyzing the data. And as I look at this issue, to me, it's like, one, we always look at it this way, Mike, you've got to help people in the current system while you're fixing it. We sort of sometimes say, play the game so you can change the game. So we're building out a robust solution that's sort of a concierge medical debt solution that also has money pre-funded to help people pay down debt, whether through employers or other places. So it's not all, you know, you got to solve the past problem while you're working on the future problem. And then to me, it kind of comes down to a basic question. What does this cost me in terms of the care I'm getting? And then it comes down to like, well, we need to create a structure where people can actually pay for the care based on their ability to pay their income levels and start to really get that available to people digitally online, what have you, that know that, hey, if you're getting the knee surgery at this Amsurge Center, this is what it's going to cost. And here's a rate that you can afford if you're a family of three making $75,000 a year or something like that. So to me, it comes out of the simple questions at time, like what does it cost and how do we make sure the provider can get the most for the value they're giving that patient based on that patient's ability to pay, their insurance, everything else. And so we just think medical debt in general is a great place to spend time and analyze and then work your way back. And at Goodroot, that's a great 
way for us to analyze and understand it's like R&D, what we should be doing next. One hospital executive said this to me really quickly. He said, Mike, you're the 10th man of healthcare. I never heard the term before. And he said, the 10th man is like used in like Israeli armies. The only job of the 10th man is to tear apart the plan and redo it. And he's like, you are that. And that's what you should be doing. And it was really a powerful moment for me to have someone parrot that back some way that I had never even thought about it. So that's what we're spending a lot of time on. You hear a lot of terrible stories, but I think the key is getting all the data together and starting to bring everyone to the table to address the root causes because it's going to take everybody. It's not just one group or one perspective that's going to solve those issues. They're spot on. It is going to take all of us. I mean, this is a massive industry. You know it. I know it. we've been in it long enough. It's not going to happen overnight. and It's not going to happen by, with just one group. We all have to go all in on doing this. We can do it if we do it together. So we can. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So Mike, let's go. There. You're spending a lot of time. You just outlined and shared the passion with you and the team and what you guys are focused on, what you're analyzing. So with that, what are you seeing from the captain's chair? What are you seeing on the horizon? What's kind of future state, not only for the company, but for the industry? What do we need to be mindful of? We have some amazing leaders that tune in on the regular with this podcast that are pushing the industry forward. What are you seeing? What do we need to be focused on? And where do you see Goodroot helping with that? So we just talked about medical debt, and that's something that I just think is something that's just front and center sort of telling us it's not working. And we need to help the people that are suffering with medical debt, period, end of story. I'll move past that a little bit, but that's really one of our main focuses in 2022. But I think otherwise, Mike, I mean, one of the things we look at in the industry, I mean, the industry's consolidated and gotten so big. One of the things that's frustrating for an entrepreneur with new ideas, it's very hard to get that idea to somebody who owns a company that has 500 employees. A lot of times those companies don't have any, seemingly don't have any choice because they're very difficult to sell into. They're worried about self-insurance, fully insurance. Maybe they have limited choices. They don't have their data. And so we're very focused on trying to create a solution where we have an offering that includes all of our solutions for all customer types. Because if we just fix things and we just sell it to the biggest companies out there, I need them then to pass on the savings to their customers. And that doesn't always happen. I think one of the things that my team hears me talk a lot about is we call certain companies small in healthcare. And depending on who you are, sometimes it's 10,000 lives. Sometimes it's 5,000 lives. I got 78 employees. It's not small. And my health insurance cost is not small. So even that language, I think, is absurd. I mean, this, this is not a small issue. And so we're actively working on ways to distribute our products into small groups, sorry, <laughs> but to employers that have you know, 100 employees, 500 employees, because those are the ones I think that are taking the brunt of the real pain out there right now. That's sort of, as you think about a platform to sort of sell all of our capabilities into those groups, maybe it's the new health plan or the new PBM combined. So we're working very hard at those solutions to be able to offer them while we help a lot of patients by selling into the current players in the industry. So really, medical debt, driving us to what needs to be fixed and helping people that are suffering from medical debt. And then as we fix those things, making sure we can sell them to all levels, consumers, employers with 100, li- 100 employees, the Googles of the world, and you know, really you know, big health plans that are struggling. So that's really a big focus of ours. So creating that platform, say it's a health insurance company for the future. Because as you think about reinventing healthcare one system at a time, I need a platform to put all those things together. If you try to sell 20 things to a 500 life group that's got an overburdened HR rep or manager, it's not working. 
So that's really a big focus of ours because we're getting to that point of, well, how do we distribute this where we have enough people hearing our story, enough leverage to like make a difference. Exciting. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And appreciate the kind of the view into where things are heading for you and the team. And so, of course, Mike, we always want to be able to help you guys get there as well. So what's one problem, need, or question that you and the team have that our community can be helping you with? It's interesting, Mike, because I think about that. I sometimes talk about people between the care and the payment, and there's so many. So it's different for each constituent. So I'll answer that if if it's okay with a few ideas around. So to me, if if you're a patient, you have to get more engaged. You have to think a little bit. I know the acronyms are hard. You got to understand them and you just got to ask good questions. I mean, it's okay to ask your doctor, how much does this cost? They won't know the answer, which is crazy, but you can ask. Just become more educated, more involved. I know it's hard. We're all very busy and challenged in today's world, but it's important. As an employer, you got to have the right representation and you got to ask the right questions. You got to come more engaged as well. And you got to think about new ways of doing things. If you just do the same thing over and over again, fight about a premium increase on a fully insured solution for your employees' health care, nothing's going to change. So you have to be willing to take some risk. Think about self-insurance. Think about innovative options. Make sure that employee benefit consultant is representing your interests. As an employee benefit consultant, I just think that part of our industry is telling people what they need to know, advising them. We just got to do a better job. We got to align incentives and make sure we're telling people who are running businesses and paying a lot for healthcare how to make it most effective. Health insurance companies, I mean, I know a lot of great people that work at health insurance companies. They're working really hard. They're smart. I just want them to think about the patient first and why we really exist. And also think about the future. I mean, I know they have to think about their shareholders. It's very important. I worked in those jobs. But is this sustainable, the model we're in, and what can they do to help with medical debt? You know, if you're running one of these big insurance companies, do you even know how many of your customers go bankrupt every year based on medical debt and why? You should. And you should hold your team accountable to make sure that number is as low as possible. So I just want them to think a little differently. I know it's a little tough because we're all driven by bottom line results and shareholder value and that, and I completely appreciate and understand that, you know, and then finally providers, hospitals, physicians, I think hospitals and, and, and providers have to just think about how do you provide a, a fair price that people can pay when they owe the bill and then, make it easy for them to access it. If there's things like financial assistance policies and programs that you're required to give if you're a nonprofit hospital, make them easy. You know, put them online, use AI, outsource it, make it easy so people who qualify because they're a certain index to the federal poverty level can easily access it. So I think just run your business so that you can provide care to the most people at the price that they can afford and continue to invest in providing great care. Although I will say the work that the hospitals and nurses and physicians have done over the last two years is just mind boggling and just, you know, gives you chills. And I just personally want to thank them for all of that. I'm just blown away every day by what they're doing. And, and I feel like on the administrative side, it's our job to step up now and figure out how to pay for all of it effectively. Well, I love all of the healthy and authentic challenges to many of the stakeholders that are a part of making healthcare better for all of us. And that includes the patient and consumer herself as well. So thank you. 
I love the authentic self you brought to it, Mike, and challenging us as thought leaders and people that have a position in this industry. We can do better, but we're all going to have to do our part to get there. So thank you for that. As we wind down, Mike, I do have one more piece for you, and then we'll get you out of here so you can get back to causing all the good trouble over a good route. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because... I want healthcare to be effective and affordable for my kids and their kids 50 years from now. There's nothing more important to do. Thank you so much. And it's true. We can, we can get there. We need to create a better today and get ready for a better tomorrow as well. We have a mantra here, Mike, we talk about 2070 and it's a big number, but like, what does it look like in 2070? And we can't think about tomorrow or next quarter's earnings all the time. And we have to start thinking about the future. I love it. I love it. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join up today. Very, very much appreciated. You guys are doing incredible work. We're big fans, and I'm just honored to be able to spend some time with you today. Thank you for stopping by and being a part of our podcast and our community. Well, thank you, Mike. I really enjoyed it as well. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.